It's been maybe a week ago now. I ran into a discussion about what do you prefer, gameplay over story or story over gameplay? Sometimes these discussions will come with a poll, and I kind of wish that it did because I'd like to have just seen like the raw numbers of what people picked, but it didn't have a poll. It was just simply comments with people chiming in, which, I mean, that's an important part of the discussion, but I kind of would have liked to have seen the raw numbers, too. This kind of seems to me to be closely related to a more common debate that I've seen, which is um, about the importance of great graphics in a video game, like how important are they relative to gameplay. Of course, there's also other elements of video games that we could debate the importance of as well, um, you know, the sound in it and maybe the writing in it, uh, the play control. Now, of course, stuff like the audio or the play control doesn't see the debates that you see with the graphics or the story. Now, when it comes to the debate of good gameplay versus good story, I've always held the position that a good story should complement good gameplay, not supplement good gameplay. I feel like if all you really wanted was a good story, a game isn't the place to go to for that. Uh, watch a movie, uh, read a book, um, watch a TV series. Now, at a glance, it might seem like I'm contradicting myself. If, if you've happened to suffer through my previous podcast rants in the past, you may recall that I was talking about um, voice acting and the importance of uh, voice acting in certain games anyway and um, that I was pointing out that relative to the overall budget of a game uh, some voice actors seems like it should be a relatively trivial part of the game's budget and that in games like I think I was using Red Dead Redemption specifically as an example um, how much I appreciated the great characters and voice acting in those. And in the case of something like Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption 2, um, my experience with that story was a big part of my gameplay experience there um, that made it particularly meaningful to me and memorable to me, um, got me emotionally involved in the game so in light of that position, am I contradicting myself and then saying that uh, gameplay should be priority over story? And I feel that it's, no, it's not. Because in these examples, it's not like a crappy game, I mean, you know, crappy gameplay, but a compelling story. It's a really enjoyable gameplay experience, complemented by a really moving story. And I feel that in the case of a video game, that's what a story should do. It should add to the game experience. Uh, it should complement compelling gameplay, not supplement it. I'd say over the past four decades of video games I've played, the majority of them that I really, really enjoyed had little to no story to them. And they didn't really suffer from not having a story. I mean, Super Mario Brothers games, uh, well, Mario in general, not all Super Mario Brothers, um, are really enjoyable games to play, but the story is pretty much non-existent, and nobody really cares. You don't play Mario for a compelling story. Uh, you, can, you play it because it's really enjoyable, entertaining gameplay.
I have never yet found a game with mediocre gameplay that I still trudge through to the end because of a good story. Um, when I was a kid, back in the 80s, early 90s, I played a lot of RPGs. And back in those days, what we would now call a JRPG, a Japanese RPG, uh, was just RPGs. That's, that's all we had. And I was a huge, huge fan of them back when most people here in the United States didn't know what one was, didn't care. But as we moved into like the PlayStation era and it started to be uh, voice acting and full motion video, I've never had the same um, adoration for them. I never got sucked into them and adored them as much as I did in the NES and Super Nintendo eras. And in fact, I can't think of any Final Fantasy after uh, Super Nintendo that I ever completed. A lot of them I tried to get into and uh, often enjoyed the story um, parts of it. But the gameplay, I just felt, didn't evolve with the times and the technologies. And the story wasn't enough for me to trudge through a bunch of mediocre gameplay to get to those little nuggets of story. Now, as maybe a bit of a side note here, what might be even worse is uh, off the top of my head, the example of Star Ocean, The Last Hope. You had a whole bunch of story crammed in there, but it was mediocre story crammed into mediocre gameplay. So in the case of Star Ocean, the gameplay was a big old steamy turd. And then they tried to add uh, to it a bunch of really crappy story which is just smearing diarrhea onto a turd. But now if you've listened to my previous podcast episodes, you may recall I was going on about some games that I felt deserved for more people to give them a look and try them out um, that didn't get much attention. Uh, although I think a lot of them later got added to Game Pass, which maybe got some um, people to try them out that wouldn't have tried them out before. But if you listen to that episode, I mentioned uh, off the top of my head a couple examples was a game called Firewatch and another one called Dear Esther. And neither one of those were a traditional game in a traditional sense of what we would think of as a game. And so, wait a minute, Iceman. Aren't you contradicting yourself there? Because those weren't, uh, you know, a, a good game as we would normally think of one with a good story. And yeah, you may have a valid point there. Fair argument. But I feel like this kind of gets into an uh, argument that I often make that when we debate political topics or whatever... People are bad about treating everything like it's black and white when it's usually not black and white. It's more of shades of gray. I also feel that my argument that stories should complement, not supplement, good gameplay is a general rule of thumb. But also in the case of Firewatch or um, Dear Esther, where these aren't a traditional game as we would think of it, uh, it's a little murky here. Um, it's not like you have some kind of crappy side-scrolling platformer that just plays really poorly or some, I don't know, Dynasty Warriors where it's just mindlessly mowing through fields of the same enemy over and over again a thousand times to get to some little story nugget. You know, it's not like anything like that. 
So, uh, I don't know, this is a bit of a gray area there. So while a recent discussion about story versus gameplay prompted this um, podcast episode, the more common debate that I've seen has been graphics uh, versus gameplay or how important are good graphics in a video game. Video game graphics have always been a big talking point throughout the history of video games. And whenever a new generation of game consoles comes out, that's the big talking point and the most evident improvement over the you know outgoing generation. As with story, I would still make the same argument that the most important aspect of a video game is the gameplay itself, and then pretty graphics are just icing on the cake. I feel that it doesn't matter if you have the most visually impressive video game ever created if the gameplay is mediocre. If you have mediocre gameplay and really pretty graphics, you basically just have an interactive tech demo. Now, in a previous episode, I've mentioned how Nintendo consoles haven't sold as well as PlayStation and Xbox rivals, but uh, here recently, the Nintendo Switch has done really, really super well, um, you know, way better than the last several generations of Nintendo hardware. Uh, last sales figures I've seen has Switch at over 107 million units which I think is fairly close to PlayStation 4 from that same generation. So the Switch has seen a great deal of success and popularity despite it being a much more inferior piece of hardware from a graphics um, power standpoint uh, than PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Um, the Switch, the hardware just isn't anywhere near as powerful as PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and can't produce the same type of graphics as the other consoles from that generation, uh, yet it has been insanely popular. And I feel that serves as evidence that people in general seem to appreciate um, enjoyable, entertaining games, even if the graphics aren't maybe the most cutting edge on the market. Now, a while back, there was a re-release of Diablo 2, which Diablo 2 came out like... Oh God, a couple decades ago or more. And uh, the the re-release of it, it wasn't a remake. It was essentially an identical version of the game. They wanted to keep it identical so that played uh, faithful to the uh, the original game. Uh, but it did get a, a visual make uh, makeover. And actually, when you look at it, uh, if you don't do a side-by-side -side comparison, you might be left scratching your head wondering, well, how's it uh, any upgraded it looks the way I remember it well then when you see if you toggle the graphics you had an option to toggle the graphics back to the original graphics like oh yeah it is a really big difference uh, but when that came out uh, somebody was on a message board pointing out like hey you guys are all excited about rebuying the game you played 20 years ago uh, because it's got prettier graphics and doesn't that mean then that graphics does matter to you and it does raise a fair point but I feel like when people downplay graphics, I don't think they're saying like that they're completely worthless and nobody cares at all. It's just that, uh, you know, if a game maybe isn't terribly visually impressive, but it's still enjoyable to play, we'll still play it uh, because that matters more than the graphics do. But, you know, if you offer somebody two versions of the exact same game, identical in every single way, 
except one of them looks better than the other. Well, yeah, people's going to take the one that looks better. But if you didn't have two versions, all you had was the one that wasn't visually impressive. As long as people enjoy playing it, people are still going to play it, even if it wasn't visually impressive. So I like illustrations or analogies, and what I'm going to use here is a steak. A delicious steak. So the game is a delicious steak. Uh, now, do you want the steak, or do you want the steak and a baked potato with it? And the baked potato is going to be the graphics. Like, well, if you have a choice between the steak or the steak and a baked potato, yeah, you'll get the steak and a baked potato. But if the baked potato was an option, you're not going to pass up on the steak. You'll still take the steak. So I would say that the bottom line is uh, a good game, you know, with good gameplay, but maybe not very great graphics, can still be a good game worth playing. Whereas a game that's mediocre, you know, that plays mediocre, but looks really pretty is still a crappy game. So besides story and graphics, there's other elements of video games I guess could be discussed, but nobody ever seems to discuss them. Maybe because we don't really feel that there's much room for debate on those issues. Earlier I mentioned sound as one of those elements of a game, and nobody ever seems to discuss them. Maybe because it doesn't seem to really be a make or break issue for people in general. Um, I mean, I've never heard of a game that doesn't have any sound whatsoever, and I guess as long as the sound is serviceable, nobody seems to complain too terribly much. I guess I've just never really heard of anybody suggest that the audio in a game was so bad that it was a deal-breaker for them. I mean, I've never heard anybody playing Mario Brothers and, oh, well, I don't like the splat sound uh, whenever I jump on a Goomba, it doesn't work for me. Uh, maybe with racing games, I've you know seen some discussions about um, the uh, how accurate the audio is on the cars, um, but outside of that, uh, music largely comes down to personal preference of what style of music you like. But I feel like back in the NES and Super Nintendo days was when maybe the sound played a bigger part. Um, maybe there's more to discuss there. Maybe more opportunity to let the player down just because of the type of music format that we had back then for several console generations now we've had music uh, that you could maybe describe as cd quality sound although maybe that's a little bit dated at this point but as long as the music's there it's usually been serviceable enough that nobody really had any complaints about it aside from like i say what style of music maybe you prefer uh, what I like might not be what you like. Uh, but in the earlier days, uh, uh, in the 80s and early 90s, uh, the music was more like a MIDI, uh, if you know anything about computer files. So it was... Um, um, oh God, how to describe that? I'm not really an audiophile. It was synthesized music... You know, today you would have music that sounds like you had a band performing with actual musical instruments, uh, maybe even vocals. Uh, but back then, you just had some sound samples that you played in different combinations, and they sounded pretty electronic, not like an actual musical instrument. Although the Super Nintendo had uh, some relatively decent sound samples back then, decent audio, but you know, it didn't sound like it was an actual band performing the music or an orchestra or whatever uh, maybe looking back to the nes days in particular you had certain games that even though they didn't have very good sound samples to work with it was fairly crude 
music. Uh, the tunes were fairly catchy, like in the Mega Man games uh, off the top of my head. They had a bunch of really catchy tunes. You could play me music to this day. I could tell you probably what stage it was from and which Mega Man game. But then there were games that had really crappy, shrill, uh, lazily slapped together music. It's like somebody didn't even try to make it sound appealing. Uh, maybe to name a few examples off the top of my head on the NES, uh, the Terminator game was just a handful of notes that repeated over and over again, and not even pleasing notes. Like somebody just slapped together whatever five or six random notes that they uh, pulled out of their hind end, decided, well, whatever, run it, play those same handful of notes indefinitely, nobody will mind or care. If you listen to Dracula on the NES, it's even more random sounding, almost like maybe something's messing up on your game or whatever, and the system's just making random sounds, throwing random sound effects at you without any meaning or purpose, and they're not pleasing sounds either. Uh, then there was a winter games on the NES that if you can make nails on chalkboard as NES music, that's basically what it is. Maybe the audio should get a little bit more discussion than it does, though. If you have a game that you're going to be playing for many dozens or even hundreds of hours, I think the audio quality starts to really come into play because you're going to be listening to that music, whatever that music is, for a very long time. And I've played games that didn't have a whole lot of music to begin with. And after just a few hours playing it, you've heard the same music over and over and over again. It starts to get really annoying. And off the top of my head, there was a game called V-Rally 4. I think it was V-Rally 4. I was playing on Xbox One. And it wasn't a horrible racing game, but the music was just awful. It had this one track, basically, is all I remember from it. And the audio in it, uh, the vocals, was so bad. I think I had an option to turn off the vocal element of it. And it made it somewhat tolerable. But if you're going to be playing a game for an extended period of time, you really need to mix it up with the music. Either that or have music that isn't so intrusive that it doesn't really bother you, that you don't really focus on it too much. It just kind of subtly does its job. I think the Elder Scrolls game are a really good example of that, that the music is pleasing but subtle, so I don't get sick of hearing it after 100 hours of playing the game. And in the past, I've mentioned um, a few racing games, the music uh, specifically, uh, Gran Turismo and Forza Motorsport, as those are the big names in console racing games. And Gran Turismo, I've described its music uh, in the past as like elevator music, which isn't terribly pleasing. It's kind of dull and boring, kind of like the general feel of the games anymore. But Forza Motorsport 7, it was a real train wreck with the audio. I kind of liked some of the previous audio they'd done, even though some of the other people didn't like that style of music. But when you got the Forza Motorsport 7, Jesus, it was like a garage band of middle-aged dads just riffing, imagine themselves on a stage as some kind of famous rock band, but not really playing any meaningful appreciable music is just some noise coming at you um one song in particular it plays for a few seconds and stops and like oh well was that it oh no it's picking up again and a few seconds later it stops it's almost like it's tied to like the throttle and brake pedals and somebody stomps on the throttle and it starts to play for a bit then they stomp on the brake and it comes to a screeching halt 
Oh, no, back to the throttle. Oh, it's playing again. Oh, back to the brakes and it stops again. And it wasn't pleasing to begin with. But then that just stop and go thing, like, what on earth is this crap? And the audio, that music was just so bad that I actually went into the settings and turned the music off altogether. I usually, in a more serious racing game, don't listen to music while I'm racing, but I'll at least listen to it in the menus. But even in the menus, I couldn't stand to listen to that, and I turned it off altogether. So, I don't know, maybe the audio deserves more discussion than it gets, but nobody ever seems to really feel that it's uh, significant enough to warrant its own debates. Another element of video games that seems to not get any debate, maybe because we universally agree that it's so important that there's nothing really to debate, is play control. And with that, I'll go ahead and lump in the camera too. I feel like this is something that has been refined enough over the past few generations that doesn't seem to really be all that much of a problem now and maybe not much to discuss here. But if you go back to the earlier days when we were dabbling with um, entering into the 3D gaming genres, the, in Nintendo 64 in particular and PlayStation 1, uh, there was a lot of trial and error, hit and miss, and some games that maybe should have been good, but the controls were just frustrating and clunky and worked against you. And if it if it frustrates you because it's just so bad, the game's not enjoyable to play. Or I've had games where maybe the the controlling of the character was fine, but the camera was working against me. You know, maybe turning randomly, seemingly, um, working against me, focusing in the wrong area, in the wrong direction. You know, I'm trying to run over this way and fight this or jump over this, and it's looking at, over in this random direction at some other, at this tree over here or whatever. And that's really frustrating. I think, though, everybody agrees that these things are basic, fundamental, you know, foundation. Like if you can't get this right, then the game's just not worth playing. And we don't feel there's anything to discuss here. That's just nobody's going to argue with that. Anyway, I guess to wrap all this up in summation, I'm just going to say that in general, the most important feature of a game is the gameplay itself. Pretty graphics are nice icing on the cake. Uh, a, a nice story is a nice extra, but if it fails at the basic fundamentals as a game, then it's not a good game. The gameplay itself is the single most important thing that a game could do, and it absolutely has to get that right. If the gameplay itself is mediocre, the rest of it, no matter how nice it might be, can't save it from being a mediocre game.